Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and it is June 10th already as we take another day off the chart for 51 days until we get NBA basketball back. And to talk about that and kick off our first ever PGA show, I am, of course, matched with my partner in crime here, here, Mr. Andrew Hansen. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing great, Coach. Yeah, this is exciting here. Wednesday, uh, we know what day it is. It's a little bit more challenging when we cover the KBO to keep track of what day it is. But we know it's Wednesday. It's, we're kind of on a normal schedule here. We got some early tea times tomorrow right around the corner from you. So a lot of fun here as we break down our first PGA podcast at DFS Coach Talk. Yeah, and you know, it's awesome, man. We didn't expect to be providing for KBO, obviously. Nobody did. Uh, And then PGA was sort of a secondary uh, sport for us as we focused mainly on basketball, football, and baseball here at DFS Coach Talk. But obviously, circumstances have presented themselves. And I know both Andrew and I do play a lot of uh, DFS golf anyway. So it was just natural. I mean, you know, as I said, we have 51 days until the NBA is back, followed by football the following month. And it doesn't look any closer to this baseball nonsense that's going on. So, you know, with with uh, six, seven weeks left, we're going to try to build a a really solid bankroll for our members in uh, PGA and KBO. So should be a lot of fun. Um, It's sort of ironic because I have been to this tournament this uh, that's being played this week multiple times, and it is only about 25 minutes from my doorstep. So uh, it's, it's crazy, though, because they won't let anybody watch it, so I can't go. <laughs> but, you know, t- you know the, the, I guess it's not a bad thing that I can't go because one of the things we'll talk about today, Andrew, is the heat. It is hot as hell here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex uh, this week and not going to get any cooler. So uh, we'll go over that. I'm going to sort of lay out uh, the logistics of the tournament uh, this week. And then uh, Andrew certainly will have a pile of his wonderful nuggets to uh, for us to research and look into. We'll go over some statistical things. Uh, we'll finish up the show with our picks to win it and our best value play, and then uh, we'll roll with it from there, man. So anything else on the front end here before we get rolling? No, I'm just excited that you've been to the tournament multiple times. There's nothing like walking a golf course, getting a feel for it, and you know, not having to do that research from scratch and not have any kind of clue of really what the course is all about. And you know, talking about how hot it is, it reminds me of the best golf tournament I went to was two years ago. I went to the PGA Championship in St. Louis at Belle Reve, and that yeah. was a really hot event. It was the one where Tiger came back, finished second, and Kepka uh, he uh, lifted the trophy at the end. But you know, nothing like seeing a, a major in person, or you know, one of these tournaments on a regular basis where you get a feel for the layout. Uh, and so, hopefully, that extra insight that you have will help us this week. Well, I you know I've seen just about every hole there, and you know, sat and had a beer and watched some golf. Uh, at most of them in some of the strategic places. So it's fun. It's it's so much fun when you're watching it on TV, too, because you've been in certain spots, so you know the angle into the green. Uh, you know, I even remember how some of the, the putts break, and, you know, you just you watch so many guys go through. You you know, it's, it's burning your brain on how they do. But, yeah, it, it's fun. I hope it, it gives us a little extra insight. It always has a special place in my heart because my dad loved this tournament, and, uh, you know, when I, I moved here uh, with my family when my three kids were all small from north uh, west Pennsylvania back in the snow belt down here to the heat. And when I moved down here, I had come down as uh, the director of sales for Verizon uh, for Texas. And we used to be a big sponsor for this event. And we had a tent right by the 18th hole. And my dad just loved going. And, uh, you know, I lost them a, a while back. But you know, it just this tournament always really 
I have a soft spot because it, it makes me think of him and enjoying the the 18th and and just some of the memories there are fantastic. So that's that's really cool stuff, no doubt about it. Just and it's and I'll tell you I, for for our listeners and our members out there, if you lost a loved one like that, I mean my dad, I'm a carbon copy of my dad, just like. My son Dawson is with me. I mean, he was the bat, big NBA fan. He was the coach, you know, all of those things. It's just, uh, you know, and, and it feels uh, like the same day, you know, like I lost him yesterday. So it, it never goes away, but they're always in your heart. And and I love sporting events like this We uh, that, you know, we went to the Rangers openers and different things that stick with you, Cowboys as well. Uh, and, and then, you know, you go to that sporting event and you feel like, uh, you know, they're there with you. So, uh, really good stuff, man. I, I'm, I'm excited about it, but anyway, so, uh, let's, let's sort of set the, uh, let's first of all, talk about the big news today for DFS coach talk. Uh, we, I am just so ecstatic and we, this just happened literally like 20 minutes ago, but, uh, you know, we have just signed a deal with mybookie.ag. They are going to be our sole, uh, partner and sponsor and affiliate in anything to have to do with sports betting, casino play, anything. Uh, I mean, my bookie offers all of it. They're so well-respected. Uh, you go to mybookie.ag, and I mean, it's just the best customer service, the best everything. And uh, this long-term relationship we're going to have with them is fantastic. We're, we're going to have all kinds of giveaways for our guests uh, we're going to do a lot of cross-promotional things. You'll see us announce things on these podcasts uh, with with really good giveaways, tickets to different contests, all kinds of great stuff. So big shout-out to mybookie.ag. They are going to be uh, very close partners with us uh, as we grow out DFS Coach Talk. And also uh, our other uh, sponsor, very, very uh, dear and true to us, is TVG. I'm a big horse guy from when I was a kid. I love love the ponies, as a lot of our uh, members do. We chat about them every day. In fact, I just saw a score, Andy or Andrew. I called it. I don't know why I called you Andy. I never call you Andy. But uh, Brenton put up his score today because you can play on FanDuel, a free Gulfstream Park contest, and I think he had like two points. You almost couldn't do that if you tried. I mean, it's <laughs> like every horse had to have finished like almost last. So big shout out to Brent and I, I got a big charge out of that right before we went on air. But <laughs> it's uh, funny. What did you do? take all the 50 to one shots? I, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense, but I, I thought it was hysterical, but I know, you know, uh, JP and, and Lanny, we got a lot of horse folks and TVG is fantastic. I mean, uh, sign up there and you get a, a $300 risk-free bet. If you sign up through DFS coach talk. So, you know, there's some big races this weekend. You want to take a big shot on somebody, get on there, 300 bucks to win or whatever you want to do. If the horse loses, TVG gives you the 300 bucks back. It's a pretty darn good uh, deal. So definitely uh, uh, take a look at them. They're, they are where the world wagers and watches horse racing. So so to get there that, we go. You, just have to, you just have to go to our website, right, to get that offer? You have to go to dfscoachtalk.com. Just click on the TVG logo right there. It'll take you directly to that page and offer, and then uh, and then you go from there. Okay. Good stuff. All right. We're going to set the scene for this golf tournament, uh, the Charles Schwab event. Uh, it's the Charles Schwab Challenge, like our DFS Coach Talk Challenge, which my son and I are in first and second place. A little Sarvati power in the uh, little members uh, tournament there. Big shout out. Um, all right, the course, better known as Colonial. Uh, it is exactly a 7,000 yard par 70, 35 front, 35 back. Uh, and it, I love this course, Andrew, for this reason. You know, we'll do a lot of these PGA shows and it's gonna be <clears throat> a week where we need to take the long hitters. The long hitters dominate a course. Because, you know, you've got to be in position for that second shot. Or there's some courses where, you know, it's target practice and you're going to you're going to want the the accurate guys, that kind of thing. Or it's going to be a course where the putting is just extremely difficult 
and only the top putters are the guys you really want to focus on. Uh, the one thing at Colonial that I love is it, it really is a fair golf course. And, you know, there's been a huge amount of winners from every aspect. Uh, great long hitters, short, accurate hitters, you know, great putters, guys that just, you know, skim by with putting. So, I mean, it's not so lopsided. Uh, and that makes for a great event, you know, as far as DFS goes, because you're going to have a lot of contrarian picks and plays uh, from everybody out there. So, uh, you know, that's one thing I wanted to mention. There are some par fours that guys are going to try to take a rip at. So there are a few scorable ones. There are some par fours that play, for me, it'd be a par six. But right. for those guys, it plays more like a par five. And then you've got some some uh, challenging par threes. And the, as the pins uh, get tricky on the weekend, on Saturday and Sunday, that's when it really becomes tough. But that's a big part of the scoring here at Colonial as well, is the pin placements, because there are some just tough angles and some rough pins, sucker pins, really, where guys, you'll see them playing 25 feet from the pin just to get the ball in the middle of the green. But that's the play, you know, because it's just too risky. Uh, so, you know, that I think that's going to make it super fair. Um, I, you know, a couple of weird aspects, though, you know, in watching it in person, it seems like a lot of balls there because there are some some narrow holes get sprayed a little bit, especially around the greens. And I can't tell you how many times, I mean, dozens where I saw spectators get dinged or it hit their, uh, you know, uh, umbrella or their cooler or whatever and stays right in play. Well, that's one of the weird things about this. No fans. Nobody's there. So there's no wall to, to knock your ball down. So in that sense, you know, I think accuracy is going to be slightly more at a premium than it usually is uh, if you spray the ball, especially on your approach shots to the green. So just yeah, something I, I thought I'd throw in there. Yeah, I think there's going to be fewer marshals out on the course, too. So you might actually have some lost balls. Normally you don't see that. Uh, always so many fans and marshals out there. It's like they never lose a ball. It's very rare. So well, a little bit more of a premium on, on accuracy there. The accuracy is important. I don't think you'll see a lot of lost balls, though, because the the rough does, never gets like crazy deep. Like you got to get in there with a hacksaw. I mean, it's you're going to ding around to different spots, but it's usually playable. You may have to chop it you know, through the trees or whatever, but... Uh, you know, I don't think you'll see a ton of lost balls unless it's really shanked, you know, for sure. But, uh, yeah, it'll create a little bit different feel. There's no doubt about it. And we'll see the guys that are, you know, can self-motivate a little better. And those guys that, uh, you know, feed off the crowd, you know, that's going to be a little bit tougher for them. You know, it's, it's just such a different element. But uh, I guess they'll approach it almost like a practice round. But even though there's people there watching practice rounds, so... You know, it's it's uh, we're in uncharted territories. You know, again, you know, th there certainly are some aspects of this that if you're a DFS player and you want to plop all this info into an optimizer and let it spit out some percentages of ownership, you know, I think you got to really think twice about that. Number one, you know, how do you factor this time off? How do you know, how do you know uh you know, generally there's a pattern going in statistically where you can look at the analytics of something. But, you know, when no one's played in, in a two, three months, it, it creates just a complete unknown as far as that goes. You know, plus, you know, that they usually play this course at a different time of year there. I mean, there's a whole lot of elements that will make this extremely unique. So, you know, digging in like we do and trying to find uh, just any of the back information, who's been practicing more, where have they been practicing, what kind of courses are they practicing on? You know, the, the awesome thing is we get, there's way more top players in this than it have ever played in it before. Uh, you know, we generally hear for a colonial, you'll get maybe two huge guys and then the rest are just all, you know, the middle of the pack guys that are all good, but you don't get seven, eight of the top 10 uh, by any stretch. In fact, there are several guys that have never played this course before. 
So that's a huge aspect of things. Uh, and obviously they're coming back because like everybody else, they're just dying to get back in there. So I think that's an element of things uh, that we have to weigh in there too. Because yes, it will play into somebody's hands, this course, like a Rory McElroy for sure. But you know how many times Rory's played this course? Well, no events, right? He's not played here before right. in, in, the, in the tournament. So, you know, it, it's fine. It, yeah, I'm sure he's played practice rounds, et cetera, et cetera. But just like game time, it's a different thing when, it, when every shot counts. So, you know, experience makes a difference on some of these courses. You know, you'll see some of the Dallas guys, uh, you know, uh, like Spieth and, and Non, some of these guys that live here that have played this course a bunch. Uh, that's going to help them. There's no question about it. So uh, the weather this week, Andrew, how about this? I'll just, I won't belabor this, but it's all four days, 0% chance of rain. Temperatures ranging as a high from 96 to 100 with a heat index from 98 to 104. So you're talking about fourth day of being in that heat on a Sunday you know, I hope these guys stayed in good physical condition. A lot of them are in tremendous shape, you know, and it it may not phase them. But, you know, if you're one of the bigger dudes out there and you haven't played a bunch of golf and you're, you know, fourth round in four days and 100 plus heat index, I think it's going to wear on your game a little bit. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that That's about as hot as you can get. Uh, so we're going to find out really quickly uh, who's in good shape, who's not. And you, you, I want to follow up on some of your points here. In terms of the optimizer, there is no real data for this. This is absolutely unprecedented. Um, so it's going to be a great opportunity for us to pay close attention, use the eye test um, to be ready for these next few weeks. And also to follow up on your, just your general description of the course, you know, if you just look at the past winners here, you get a nice cross-section of different types of players. And I, I really think everybody's in play in general, to your point. You know, you've got the long hitters who've won here. Phil won in 08. Adam Scott won in 14. Uh, Justin Rose won in 18. Then you've got the, you know, the wedge players like Zach Johnson. He won in 2010, 2012. Uh, nah won last year. He's not a big hitter. And then one of the best putters ever, Spieth, he won it in 16. So really, to me, it's a wide-open field. And you can't just cross out a cross section of guys, um, you know, based on a stereotype of what, what type of player they are. Um, so that makes it a little bit more fun and wide open. hundred percent agree. Uh, all right. Let me throw a few stats at you just to sort of get us back in the PGA uh, mindset here. Uh, you know, for our listeners that are just trying to put their arms around this thing, a good way to look at it is, you know, let's do a quick instant recall here of what has been happening in the 2020 season. It starts at the end of 2019, but uh, just to sort of remind everybody how people had been playing prior to this uh, shutdown. Uh, as far as the FedEx Cup standings, it means a lot. Uh, Sunjay M is number one uh, right now with 1,458 points. And then uh, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy. Brendan Todd is fourth. Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, Mark Leishman. Here's a guy that I think you could win a, a free beer with. Uh, the guy that's rated uh, number eight, Lanto Griffin. How about that? Yep. And then you have Sebastian Munoz and Hideki Matsuyama, who got off to a decent start. Um, all of those guys except Matsuyama have at least one win uh, Brendan Todd and Justin Thomas have two wins. So interesting, you know, some names on there that you would not expect. And with, you know, golf being away so long, you may have forgotten. Yeah, Sun J.M., you know, he's really gained notoriety for the, he's the guy that doesn't have a permanent residence. He just plays right. every week. He goes hotel to hotel. He's made 13 of 14 cuts, five top tens and that one win. So. Uh, he's going to be really fun to watch. You know, a guy who plays every week almost competitively. How is this layoff going to affect him? That'll be interesting. I mean, I'm sure he's been playing, but not in competition-wise. But, man, that kid can putt. He can putt. So 
he'll be fun to watch. Again, he's one of the burlier guys, though. Is that heat going to have effect on some of those guys? Maybe not. I mean, these guys walk, you know, a million holes, and it's. But still, I mean, the bottom line is that type of heat, you know, in the dehydration aspect of it and everything, it's it's not easy. Um, all right, let me buzz through uh, top ten finishes as you just alluded to. Because I always think that's such an important stat. Again, these stats aren't going to be as prevalent as if we're talking about, you know, in the middle of the golf season and it's week after week. Uh, this this sh- shutdown is going to affect it, but it still lets you know, you know, guys that are in the right mindset are probably chomping it a bit more so than anything else to get out there. But uh, these are important numbers. All right, you got Rory McIlroy only played in six events. How about six top tens? How's that? What the heck? Yeah, and Rom's uh, Rom's right behind him, right? Five out well, of six. Uh, let's see here. Rom is uh, well. I'll get there. I'll, I'll go right down the list. Okay. Uh, Justin Thomas has played eight events, five top tens, with two wins and a third. Rory had one win in two thirds, by the way. And then third is is on Young Hunt on thirteen events. Uh, so not M and on. You can get those guys uh, confused if you're not paying attention here. Byung Hun on 13 events, five top tens, and a third place. How about this guy? He's a guy that's been around for a long time that is super cheap, by the way. Harris English. 11 events somehow ground out five top tens with a third place finish. And then here's a guy that is sort of everybody's darling right now. Sun JM, as we talked about. But here you go, 14 events, five top tens, but he had four of those in the top three. So a first, a second, and two-thirds out of 14. That's that's whipping ass and taking names. And then uh, here's a guy that you that's going to shock you too. Webb Simpson, only five tournaments, four top tens, including a first, second, and third. And uh, that is a, a nice little wild card guy to think about right there. Gary Woodland. Uh, I, I I really like Gary Woodland. I think he's uh, oh, yeah. he's a guy root for a lot. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh man. Uh, he has eight events, four top tens with a third. Matsuyama, like I said, who's been down the last couple of years, but solid at the start of this season. Eleven tournaments, four top tens. With a second and a third, uh, Joel da- uh, Dahman. How do you say his name? Is it yeah, Dahman? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. Uh, I don't know his game that well. I think he has had four top tens out of 13 events. Nothing in the top three. Uh, yeah, I've I've seen him play some. And then Patrick Reed. Who the heck knows what you're going to get from him? Uh, eight tournaments though, four top tens with a win in a second. I mean, when his brain is into it. He's one of the best golfers of the world, no doubt about it. And then uh, a couple more, just because it's important here. Scotty Scheffler, 13 events, four top tens with two-thirds. Your man, John Rahm, there you go. Five tournaments, four top tens, including a second and a third. And then last guy, Bry- uh, Bryson DeChambeau, seven events, four top tens with a second. So you got some some hot golfers and a few surprises in that mix. Yeah, great list, really important. Uh, and we, you know, we like you said at the outset, that's much more important when we're talking about the middle of the golf season. Everybody's in a groove, in a rhythm. But I do think it's important because these are guys who are looking back. They've had all this time to think about their season so far, and they're confident about what they've done. And they, you know, they they flash back to all those top tens, those wins those top fives, and I think it's going to help them. So they'll come in here with more confidence and start with a mindset of, I'm just going to keep on rolling where I was, where I left off. Absolutely. And, and normally when I'm scouting for my PGA lineup, Andrew, I will hone in on, depending on the course on one of these statistical spots, driving distance or driving accuracy, greens and regulation, and then T to green, because it just depends on the course where those things are such a premium that you have to give them much more value. But I'm telling you, after being there, watching it, seeing you know, seeing them play, there's no partiality here to 
you have to have a long game or you have to be able to putt terrifically. Yeah, you need to put all those things together to win it, but you you know, you can do it from pretty much any spot. And you know, it, it's such a variance too. I mean, just to give you a, a real, real quick brush of this, um, just I'll just do the top five, just again, just to get the PGA brain cells moving around. Scoring average, it's McElroy, Simpson, Hatton, Tyler Hatton. Justin Thomas and DeChambeau. So no slouches there. Driving distance, DeChambeau averages 321.3. That's sickening. Uh, McElroy, Cameron Champ, Bubba Watson, and Sergio Garcia. He's still pounded in 317, and he's getting up there now. Driving accuracy, still Jim Furyk after all these years, still right down the center. Uh, Ryan Armour, KG Choi, KJ Cha. How's that? That's right. Little KBO crossover there. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Campbell and Brendan Todd. And uh, let's see. The last one was putting. Louis Oosthuizen, still the shark on the on the uh, flat surface. Denny McCarthy, Patrick Reed, John Rahm, and Christopher Ventura. There you go. That's the putting champs. So just to give a feel for sort of where the statistical piece of it laid when the shutdown took place, um, you know, we'll go from there. Now, we did get a small little look at some of their uh, few of these guys games uh, in that uh, uh, challenge that they had for charity when they, you know, carry their own bags and and played. And then we saw Tiger and Phil in the in the one deal. But we got to see. Uh, let's see who were the four guys in that event, Rory and, uh, DJ, DJ, Ricky, Ricky Fowler and Wolf and Mr. Wolf. It's yep. So, and you know, their games were, there was nobody, I think that was terrible, but nobody that was just like crushing it. So, but at least they were out there competing. So, uh, it's a small advantage there as well. All right. What, uh, do you want to jump into any specific points here before we start drilling down? Well, should we should we talk a little bit about course history? Sure. That's the one I've got the most notes on. Yep. So that's important. Why don't we start with a guy who I'll just I'll give it away. He's going to be my value pick. It's uh, it's Ryan Palmer, and yeah, he li- he lives like ten minutes from me. Does it? Yeah. He lives he's got right to. here. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, he's, he's a member there, as you know. Um, yep. He's played there 16 times. He has four top tens. This year, he's made, eight, you know, eight of nine cuts, had a couple top tens. Last year, he finished sixth at this tournament. A few years ago, he finished third. And I heard an interview with him this week, and he's in that mindset of he really wants it. I mean, he wants his name up on that plaque by the first tee. Uh, he yep. wants to win that plaid jacket that they give to the winners. <laughs> yeah. um, so he's, you know, we, we, you and I, and the rest of us at DFS Coach Talk, we, we look at things like interviews, body language, uh, stuff in the media, stuff in social media. And I got a really good vibe from him of being really determined to go out and put out a good performance. And he also talked about how he's used to playing there with no fans. You, right. you know, he's played hundreds of practice rounds there. And so it's going to feel like a normal day to him. Whereas all these other guys, as you mentioned at the beginning, are going to be trying to adjust to uh, what it's like without all the extra stuff and all the extra people. So I, I really like his spot here this week. I think it's a smart call. I mean, some of the, some of the guys that are members there, like Palmer, I mean, they've played the course hundreds and hundreds of times, as opposed to some guys coming in that may just now have one practice round out there and and just don't know the course as well so uh that's a huge advantage and uh, i think that's a really good call um what give us some other tidbits of history it's important to look at well we got to talk about jordan spieth because of his history here so i'm curious of of your thoughts on him you know he's really been up and down the last couple years but he just feels right at home here um last five years he's won it he's finished second twice finished eighth last year and so we know in these last few years, he's the inconsistency has been there with his game. He's really been searching and searching for answers. But it seems like here he's 
always in the groove. He finds a way to get it done. So it'll be an important decision to make this week whether to include him in some lineups. Will you have Spieth in some of your lineups? Well, first of all, I, I think the world of Jordan Spieth, you know, everything I hear locally around here, every, everybody that's, you know, knows him or had anything to do with him, he's a terrific young man and very polite, very cordial, very fan friendly. So, you know, I really root for him. But, I, you know, one guy can really crunch your lineup. And if you're going to spend decent bucks on a guy that's that out of form, I, I don't have the courage to do it. I mean, I'd love to because, you know, he's one of my favorite golfers, but I just haven't seen the consistency uh, really between his ears is, I think, where it is. I don't know. I mean, since he got married a couple of years ago, it just the game fell apart. Uh, so you always have to blame the wife. I guess that's always the easiest <laughs> way to do it. But uh, I don't until I see, uh, you know, a couple weeks in a row where he's in contention. Uh, he's not going to make any of my lineups now. Yeah, I mean, if if he's going to bust out somewhere, this would definitely be one of the few courses that he would do it at. Because again, he's played here hundreds of times as well. But uh, I just don't see the consistent, you know, aspect of his game. It's not like he's just having trouble off the tee or just having trouble putting. It's just the whole entire scoring aspect of his game has just been erratic. So. You know, it, it doesn't hurt if you're playing multiple lineups to have him in there just in case he busts out. But, uh, you know, I'm not a big multiple lineup guy, so I'll have probably three key lineups for this event. And uh, my man ain't going to make it. Yeah, and I, I didn't like the, the the feeling I got from his commentary this week either. You know, he was asked about his form, and he was talking about how he'd been scoring better in practice rounds. But he said himself, you know, it's different to then do it in a tournament. And so for a guy who's sitting there saying, yeah, I've been scoring well, but I don't know if it'll translate to a tournament, he's just not giving off the confidence. And so it just must not be there. I think he's being open and honest, and he's just not he's not overly confident that he's going to come out and contend. Well, if I would, if I told you, looking at mybookie.ag, I just called up the the most current odds to win the event, uh, and Mr. Old uh, Jordan Spieth is down there at plus four thousand seven hundred. He's a longer shot than Scotty Scheffler, Colin Morikawa, and Mark Leishman. So that'll show you how far my man Jordan has fallen. Yeah, it's a shame, but those three guys make a little bit more sense. They do. I'll, I'll tell you what, as long as I'm on here, and we have now this new relationship with mybookie.ag, I love their stats. Let's. Be, I'm going to biz down this list because I think this is an important thing to just put in your brain as you're making lineups because Vegas usually knows their stuff, and uh, these are the, the culmination of all the sports books uh, – lines put into my bookie so you've got obviously well let me you're not looking at the the favoritism yet are you uh -huh. all right i'm gonna it's one of the time for the every podcast i have a coach's quiz challenge so here we go man you've got to name three of the top five i'm gonna make it tough on you this is easy three of the top no four of, i'm gonna i'm putting pressure on you Four of the top six favorites to win this event. Let's All right. see which see what you got. Rory McElroy. Piece of cake. Plus eight hundred. He's the favorite. The Spaniard John Rom. Second choice, twelve hundred. Those are giveaways. Free squares. JT Justin Thomas. Third favorite, sixteen hundred. You you do some golf wagering. It looks like. So you need two more out of the next. Three guesses. Get a uh, little spicy. No, now. I need one. I need four out of six. I need one more. Well, I changed the rules. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, let's see. I think Kepka is down the list, even though uh, all he does is win majors. Um, is that an official guess? That's not an official guess. No. Um, geez, why am I starting to blank on who would be next? You know, it's probably because I was it's focusing the pressure. on pressure. It's like standing over a three and a half foot putt. Those are not easy. Those are not easy. I, I've been focusing on some of these value guys. Um, so I haven't even been paying attention to the top. Um, 
Is Dustin Johnson up there in the top six? Uh-oh. He is uh, 2,800 to 1. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. You almost got it, buddy. How about uh, how about Webb Simpson? Yes, very okay. good guess. And he was he is actually fourth because you know those stats we just read off. He's a plus two thousand. Well done, sir. Uh, the other guys, two guys that would have got you uh, a winner, are Bryson DeChambeau and Bruce, uh, Brooks Kepka, who I thought you would guess, uh, even though Kepka's been off his game a little bit. And then it, from there it goes uh, DJ, as you mentioned, Sunjay M, uh, Zon, Xander Shoffley, who's one of my personal favorites, Patrick Reed, Ricky Fowler, Tony uh, Finau. I don't like Tony Finau, by the way. I, he's a nice guy, but I, I don't think he's a clutch golfer. Uh, Mark, Mark Leishman, and as we mentioned, Colin Mark, uh, Morikawa. Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, Shane Lowry, and Matthew Fitzpatrick. That's the the big group from top to bottom as far as odds go. So, you know, you've got some chalk up top. Uh, you're not going to find – I bet you, you you find very, very, very few lineups that don't have either McElroy, Rom, or Thomas. I think those guys will really be heavily owned uh, and be the chalk it's it's really, you know, the value plays are key, but it's that whole group of about 12, 15 guys that are right below that first level, you know, that are capable of winning the event or capable of not making a cut. So, you know, you just th- those are the tough ones for sure. Yeah. And s- some of those guys you mentioned um, are very attractive names in general. But I want to I want to point out a couple that have not had good course history here recently. You okay. mentioned Bryson DeChambeau as one of the shorter odds guys here. He's mm-hmm. missed the cut three out of the last four years. And, uh, you know, I love his game, but it's, it hasn't translated yet. Um, and then Xander Shoffley's missed the cut here the last two years. And I heard an interview with him, and he's talking about how usually when he comes here and it's the, you know, the Texas wind, he has a little bit more trouble with it. He's not used to it. So he was talking about how it's not windy. This yeah. week. Uh, but again, course history, not strong for Xander or for Bryson. Yeah. And again, you know, this harkens back to what we've mentioned twice already. You know, if you're if you're optimizing this and you're looking at those type of things, I'm telling you, this course is playing massively different in June than it would in the spring or earlier when they play it, because earlier it's it, the, the course is a little softer. Yeah, there's always wind in that time of year, usually very gusty, and it just plays different. You know, now the course, I mean, you're going to have balls roll out like you would not believe because we haven't had any rain in the last, like, almost week. And then you've got all of this heat and uh, uh, drying out. I mean, they're going to be watering the daylights out of it, but it's still going to run out and be fast. And I think guys like DeChambeau, the really long hitters, even DJ, you know, there's a lot of strategic shots on this course. If you boom it, you're not going to be at the right angle. You're going to hit it through the turn. There's a lot of it's a little bit more strategic uh, than it is just long. But yet you have to have some distance also to get at those angles. So, again, there's no like specific style of your game that is just going to work. You just have to have it going on all cylinders. Yep, exactly. Um, you know, Finau, I, I want to comment on him because I do like him this week based on his performance here. Last year, he finished second. And I agree with you. You know, that's the one knock on him is is finishing tournaments and actually winning. Um, you know, I'm still picturing that tournament this year where he lost to Webb Simpson down the stretch when he really should have won. He had that tournament in hand. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm with you. Um, maybe not a guy to bet to win the tournament, but... Based on his course history, uh, he's going to be in my player pool for, for DFS. Because, of course, you don't need – I mean, you, you want to get the winner, but you're okay with a guy that you're confident has a real good shot of being top five, and Finau is, is one of those guys for me. I don't trust him. I, I really don't. I, I don't see that consistency and grit. I think he's almost too nice of a guy. 
uh, and he has talent, but I'm just not in his corner. He will not be making a lot of my lineups for sure, but you never know. Like I say, you know, there's going to be a, a combination of uh, advantage for some of the, the course knowledge guys, and, uh, you know, we, and, and then again, we don't know some of these guys that haven't played or haven't played it much. You know, it may be a perfect fit for their game. We just don't know yet. So there's a lot of questions. I know, you know, I generally will, you know, obviously play the whole tournament in, in, the, in the different cash and GPPs, but I always like to uh, reload for the weekends when you know how the cuts fall and everything's settled in there, you know, and either it's uh, sometimes you're reloading on Saturday, basically starting over from square one. But it's it's a lot of fun when you got a lot of live action still going into the weekend, and then you can sort of double some of it up, you know, cover yourself with a few of the guys you didn't think were going to play as well that are. So it gives you a whole nother strategic uh, play uh, going into it as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, golf is just a very unique sweat through the weekend, um, and so much can change just even on the back nine on Sunday. So. It makes DFS golf a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, what what else? Anything else on your side of the coin? I know we're giving the listeners quite a bit of information to digest, but you know, maybe something you need to listen back to to catch some of the numbers, odds, try to put all of the different pieces together as you formulate your team. Um, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be playing on just – I wanted to real quickly mention too – Obviously, the majority of my play is on uh, DraftKings and FanDuel. But uh, just so our listeners know, for those that do play, uh, Fantasy Draft and Yahoo are back for this PGA event. They've been completely dark through this entire COVID uh, quiet. So uh, there are a few contests on there that are uh, really nice contests. So I will have uh, just like two plays on Fantasy Draft in Yahoo, and the majority of my action still on FanDuel and DraftKings. But I just wanted to mention to our listeners that all four are in play for the PGA. Yeah, and we might as well mention now that we're uh, giving away a free ticket, right, for new members. So, we are. I mean, this is this is Wednesday night. Tournament's tomorrow. Uh, become a member at DFS Coach Talk. We'll give you our FanDuel lineup uh, tonight. We'll put that out. And then our, our DraftKings player pool, and you get a free ticket to the – Millionaire Maker on DraftKings. Yes, and if you join, it's a $20 value. You're, you jump in that Millie Maker, uh, $20, $20 DraftKings entry, and uh, it's it comes with either a month or a year membership to DFS Coach Talk, and you sign up uh, at www.dfscoachtalk.com. And the great thing about it is our memberships remain frozen. You know, we had committed to this at the beginning of this, uh, you know, terrible situation of saying we're shutting off membership clocks on the memberships uh, until one of the major sports returns. So not knowing what the heck baseball's done, we've already announced that if you do join, let's say you join today, you get that free Millie Maker ticket and you become a member, you have access to everything that we have, Discord, all of our information pros content everything and it's free basically from now until july 31st july 31st is when the first day of your new membership would start so we want to try to do the right thing i know you know we're the sort of the only ones out there doing that but you know two things one we want to prove that you know we're the best which we really believe that we are and secondly we want to just give everybody a chance to build that bankroll and, you know, if you've been with us, uh, we're also the only ones that are grinding the life out of this KBO. We're making money, uh, all these crazy lock times. Uh, I don't know what day it is or hour of the day it is half the time because I'm in there 30 minutes before every lock. So sometimes for me here in Dallas, it's, it's a 1 a.m. and a 4.30 a.m. lock time. So I'm up 30 minutes before. Then last night we had weather with some rain games. So there are a huge advantageous aspect of working with us on KBO because uh, there are, I, I generally literally 50%, I think around 
of the lineups have dead guys in them, people that got scratched or their game was rained out or they were moved from second down to ninth or whatever the case may be, and they're not adjusting to that. So uh, that's another big thing that, that we're doing and we're very, very proud of here at DFS Coach Talk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we've been back at it tonight with more KBO for our members, so we'd love to have yeah. you. Are we, we gonna uh, are we gonna share a winner prediction and a and a value play to wrap it up? I think we should do that. I will start off with my winner. Who we got? I am going with Mr. Justin Thomas. Ooh. I like his that? I like his you know, his play, his attitude, his just you know, again I I, I think the the smaller, lighter guys that are, you know, I just think it's going to be more conducive. Uh, the bigger Kepkas and Roms. And I mean, it just, it's, I know those guys are in great shape, but, you know, I'm telling you, until you've walked 18 here in this kind of heat, which I've done and barely survived, let alone <laughs> four days of it in a row, you know, I think it really helps to be like that, the, the McElroy, Thomas, uh, you know, those, those small builds, they're like, those dudes are like 5'9", 5'10", maybe 170. I mean, they're little guys. They still beat the lights out of the ball, but it's a lot easier to carry that around for four straight days in the heat index of 104, that's for sure. So I know it's a small thing, but uh, that was just the slight thing that I, I'm going with Justin Thomas, uh, although I think his game is on. I think he's playing with confidence, and I think he's he'll, he'll really have a good round. Yeah, J- good turn. J- good turn. Right. Yeah, he really uses what he's got in terms of his body. He basically jumps off the ground. He just fires everything at the ball on his drives. Crazy. But yeah. All right. So we may, coach, we may need to have a little bit of a side bet here because I'm going with John Rom actually. One of those bigger, stronger guys you're talking about, early oh, and thick. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's ready to win this tournament. Uh, he he missed the cut last year, but the two years before that, he was fifth and second. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned all of his top tens here this year. He's in great form, or he was. I also like his his de- demeanor this week with the interviews. I think he's a nice, peaceful uh, state of mind. He was, he was talking like Tiger used to talk, where he said, I'm not, what's the point of coming if I don't think I can win? And we heard Tiger say that hundreds of times. And so Rom is at that point, one of the best players in the world, and uh so he, he's my pick this week with that court his, course history and that confidence. I'll take Thomas against Rom all day long. All right. So what, what's, what's the bet, though? It's got to be know. something painful. Uh, <laughs> see, you got to do a podcast. Uh, let's see. What can we do that would make somebody super uncomfortable and they'd be really bummed if they lost? Uh, let's see. How about... Uh, no shirt. Whoa, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's risque and risky. You have to go skins for one podcast. Wow. How painful is that? Do you accept the challenge? We may lose a lot of viewers. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say if if that happens, the, that's the week you want to listen on Spotify or all of our Right. <laughs> Not on YouTube where you're viewing us. But wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't you be sweating on Sunday if you knew you had to do a skins? Yeah. I'm just glad I'm not going to have to sweat it out because I know Rom's going to he's going to oh, have my it's back. On. <laughs> it's on then. It's Justin Thomas or bust. It's All on. Right. All right. We got a bet. And unfortunately, the, the biggest losers in this bet are our viewers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. This is going to be stressful for sure. Oh boy! All right, all right, man. All right. How about a value play? Know your, well, we know yours, Ryan Palmer. I'll give one more. Oh, a bonus. A bonus, a bonus value pick, play. huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Um, I'll give you mine. Okay. It's a shocker, and he's super long. I'm trying to find where he is on the stats. He's so far down, I don't even know if he's part of the. Uh, he might be part of the field. Oh, my God. I don't see him anywhere. I'm going to take a really bizarre guy that you're going to be surprised in. Graham McDowell, the old Wiley vet. I think he's got the right game for this course. Um, I wish I could 
I hope he's in the odds here somewhere. Uh, super value pick, super low owned. Uh, last guy in. There he is, plus 16,000. That's all. He's right sandwiched mm-hmm. in between Eric Van Ruyen and Charlie Hoffman, who's not going to be digging the heat. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so anyway, there's my value. Guy. All right. Yeah, Graham's had a career resurgence lately. Uh, lately. It's good for him. Yeah. Uh, so my other value play is going to be Brian Harmon. Uh, I love the little lefty. Great course history here. He makes the cut. Uh, yeah. Last five years, 31st, 25th, 14th, 10th, and 7th. Not in that order, but um, that's pretty solid. He's made 10 of 12 cuts this year, one top 10. So not not a pick to win it, but a pick to make the cut. And we know how important making the cut is in DFS. If you want to cash, you want your six guys to make the cut, and then it's pretty much smooth sailing. So he'll be in a lot of my lineups. Well, it's interesting because, you know, they have the, the from top to bottom on the odds here, but as people are betting, they they don't adjust the columns, but they're in there. So he's he's only ten thousand to one, but he's right in between Brendan Steele sixteen thousand to one and Tom Hoge sixteen thousand five hundred. So somebody you know put a couple shekels on uh-huh. Mr. Harmon. See? That's there a good go. sign. The, yeah. the the rumor got out that he was your value play. I think I know it. It got out. It snuck out. So there you go. Well, hopefully that gives everybody a good feel uh, for the tournament. You know, we wanted to approach this uh, very conversational because I think it's going to take a lot different type strategy to do well in this event. And, you know, hopefully one of our listeners or members uh, takes down the million bucks. It's awesome to see life changing money uh, for people. So uh, we certainly hope that that happens. Again, uh, join us at DFS Coach Talk. We want to thank our, our our wonderful sponsors, mybookie.ag and tvg.com. Uh, definitely uh, go there for any of your sports wagering, casino wagering, or horse wagering. And then, of course, uh, all of your DFS needs, we will take care of you here and build that bankroll. Uh, now, you know, here we are. We're, we're 5 o'clock here in Dallas. We'll be posting this so everybody has all evening to listen to it they tee off super early in the morning so uh then we'll be at it but in between that we'll we're going to tackle kbo get that those picks and information up and then we'll be up in the wee hours uh fine-tuning uh those and good uh bad news for you though andrew we may have rain issues again in kbo oh man when i looked earlier i didn't see that but i did see it's a split uh, start time because of the rain out last night, we have a 2 a.m. first pitch, and then the rest of the main slate's at 5.30 a.m. Eastern. So we're going to have the double wake-up call in the middle of the night, but uh, we'll be ready for it. And uh, that's what I'll close on is make sure everybody tunes in. The next two days, we'll have a KBO podcast again on Thursday and Friday. So uh, let's keep it rolling. Fantastic, man. Great, great show. This been uh, has been a week of firsts, and uh, this is our first PGA uh show so hope everyone enjoyed it uh, appreciate all of the listeners and uh, we'll be back again tomorrow when we look to crush it in dfs